Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. When you read lists of Messianic Psalms, Psalm 14 is often omitted from the list of Psalms. The reason being is there's no direct attribution or no direct quote of this psalm that I'm aware of having to do with um, Jesus as he's revealed in the New Testament. However, Psalm 14 is messianic in this respect. It deals with human depravity and, I believe, original sin. And the only cure for human depravity and original sin, in other words, the fallen nature of mankind, is given to us in the New Testament in the person of Jesus Christ. Our redemption from these things can only come through Jesus. And so I'm not the only one that believes this to be a messianic psalm, but I'm explaining to you the basis on which I'm calling it a messianic psalm. This psalm, I believe, is uh, prophetically speaking of a condition that can only be cured through the coming of Jesus, the Son of God and the Messiah, and his sacrificial atoning death to remedy the nature of man and the consequences of us being separated from God because of our fallen nature. And so the occasion for the writing of this is unknown. But as I said, it seems to be David making observations to the the almost complete universal wickedness of mankind. David wonders out loud at the thinking of the ungodly. He's astonished at their actions and Uh, He is really perplexed with their lack of awareness concerning other people and concerning the opinions of the Lord. And so this is a a very powerful psalm. I want to read it now from the New International Version. I'm not going to read it a second time. I'm actually going to make some comments from the New Testament that I believe are applicable to the themes that are raised in this psalm. So Psalm 14 from the New International Version. For the director of music, of David, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. So I believe this is um, clearly David's musing on the fallen nature of mankind. It's once again for the director of music or depending on the version of the Bible that you like to read, it may refer to him as the chief musician. And by the way, this internal guidance saying for the director of music, this is one of 53 psalms addressed 
to the director of music or chief musician. And so these were commonly sung in their liturgy uh, when they got together. It begins with one of the Bible's greatest indicators of absolute foolishness. In other words, it sets the standard for absolute foolishness. The fool says in his heart, there's no God. Friends, you want an indicator of a foolish person? Find someone who says there's no God. The Bible says the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And then the following seems to indicate that all men are sinners. And as I said, perhaps alludes to original sin. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. That one. There is no one who does good. That seems pretty universal to me. Then verse 2, the Lord searches um, throughout mankind for the righteous among us. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand. Are there any who seek God? And then he answers this question with another indication of, of the fall of man or universal depravity, as John Calvin called it. All have turned away. This is verse 3. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now that no one who does good, not even one, no one is good. This may be the only verse that's directly referred to in the New Testament. On several occasions, Jesus responded when addressed as good master, that no one is good except God. He may have been alluding to this verse three, because it says there's no one who does good, not even one. That means no human. But of course, the Lord is good. And then verse 4, 5, and 6, David gives some observations about the wicked, about their uh, futility of their lives, about their effects on other people. Well, let's just read it. Verse 4, do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord, but there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous." You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. And then David prays a prayer for salvation. And the word that he uses for salvation is similar to the name Jesus, Yeshua. The Hebrew word is similar to the name Jesus, and it's translated as salvation. Verse 7, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. And friends, salvation for Israel and for the whole world did come out of Zion, in the person of Jesus. Jesus is is salvation, is our Savior. And then David ends with a faith declaration in God's future plans for Israel. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. And so this ends the psalm, but I, I want to say a little bit more. We know when Jesus was called good, even Jesus, in the fact that he was walking in the days of his humanity, responded, no one is good except God alone. He asked, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And so he may have been coming into agreement with David's observations in this Psalms, in this particular Psalm 14. But there's much more in the New Testament about mankind being sinful. For example, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Friends, that's you, that's me, that's everyone who's ever lived and everyone who ever will live. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
But it goes on in verse 24 to say, All are justified freely by the Lord's grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ. In other words, even though in ourselves there's no justification for our behavior before God, we can be justified by being redeemed and the redemption that came through Jesus Christ is what it's talking about. Romans in another place in chapter 6, verse 23 says this, The wages of sin is death. Remember, we've already established the fact that we've all sinned. Romans 6, 23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, friends, this gift of God has been extended to mankind in the person of Jesus Christ in his victorious life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. His death was the punishment for our sins because he was sinless. His eternal life expressed by his resurrection and his ascension into heaven is to demonstrate what he's done, but it's also to show the future that we can have in God through the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Friends, all of us have sinned and fallen short. We're all separated from the God who made us, but we can all be justified by his grace through the redemption that comes only by Jesus Christ. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and somehow you found yourself listening to this psalm today, Psalm 14, then this is your day, friend. Surrender your heart to the Lord. Let redemption come to your life. Be redeemed. Be saved. Pass over death and receive the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Lord, I recognize no one is good except God. You say that, friends. No one is good except God. And say, Lord, I recognize that I've sinned. And certainly you have, friends. You've sinned. And pray, Lord, you say redemption came by Jesus Christ. I want to be redeemed. Lord, I want to be saved. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins that have separated us and redeem me by the life, death, and burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, the wages of sin is death, and I've earned death. But Lord, I'm asking you now for the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And friends, if you've prayed that prayer today and acknowledged your universal need for a Savior, then go and share your newfound commitment with someone. Make yourself accountable and walk this walk for the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.